You're listening to I Like Your Dress, a show hosted by two wickedly funny gals who are knowledge thirsty. Join us every two weeks to learn new shit and laugh along with us. I'm Tori. And I'm Allie. Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast, Wallace. Thank you. Oh, are we recording me. right now? I did. Re- I've been recording oh, a little while. Oh, well, this is <laughs> You are in bonus content. How does that feel, Wallace? Uh, it feels great. I feel honestly honored and blessed to be here. <laughs> oh my god i'm so obsessed oh why can't all of our guests say that reactions that they're uh, they're honored and blessed to be here most of them are our friends so <laughs> true true yeah so they should all be saying that i don't understand uh, thank you wallace um <laughs> thank you okay <laughs> all right um tour should i start us off yeah just jump right in we have a two-time champion of the charity event Aprons for Gloves, over six years' experience working in the food industry in Vancouver and Toronto. Aspiring chef and blog writer Wallace McMillan is here. Hi, Wallace. How's Hi. it going? Hi. I'm great. Love- <laughs> How are you guys I love surviving? The- yeah, you know, as we do. Well, both of us are actually in a closet right now. Tell us about that, Wallace. How is, uh, how's everything? Oh, me being in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty big. It's where my landlord keeps their water cooler, so... Or water heater. Wow. Can you imagine if there was a water cooler in here? That'd be crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely lit. I'll be over in just a minute. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe then more people would be here. Um, yeah. I was going to say, is that where you got the white claw from? The cooler? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a mango white claw. It's um, not my favorite flavor, which is why I'm drinking it first, so I can save the cherry ones for later. Perfect. I was just going to say, the cherry ones are definitely the best ones. That's for sure. I when think. did this phenomenon hit? Like, I feel like quarantine um, is the best time to release new drinks is it new i, I don't no, know i think it's been what? popular for a while but more in the states than in canada oh man okay i yeah. missed that train okay i thought i thought it came out like recently and then there was like it's all those like under a year for sure i think i feel that oh, I, no way. I have that with like certain songs that i learned I, I heard it when i was 12 like i got in an argument with my ex once because i could have sworn that that song that's like the Discovery Channel and the animals and like have sex like animals. God, I can't remember the words right now, but oh, you know, I know what you're about. Oh, yeah, yeah, do yeah, it like, like you yeah. do on the you Discovery me, Channel. Baby, I thought that came out. <laughs> yes, I thought that came out in like 2010, and I like argued with my ex about it. And I was like, I swear to God, I heard it the first time in my high school dance. That's what it came out, and it's from like the 90s. It's way older. I was very yeah. mad. Wild. I was very much wrong. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> so Wallace. Tell us about your first job in the industry. So there's a little bit of a, I guess technically my first job was at the Lazy Gourmet, which is a catering company. So it wasn't really like restaurant industry, but I picked up this job because a really good friend of mine was a like manager there and we went to college together and she was like, hey, you want to hang out with me on the job? And I was like, sure. Um, And that was like very different from what I do now. We didn't make the food or anything. Um, It was really just like, wearing these horrible horrible black pants black shirt buttoned up to the throat like black shoes wheeling around these carts of like coffee refills and putting out sandwiches for people that was like probably like the first intro because we like were stationed in a little kitchen um but otherwise uh my first restaurant job was working for the donnelly group at this restaurant in downtown vancouver called the blackbird public house um hey yeah i think i saw you there once working there yeah i'm sure i so many people had like come in Mm -hmm all the time it was like we got a lot of cruise ship crowd and like a lot of like lawyers because it was in the financial district so it was mostly suits uh which is in my experience not a bad crowd to cater to can't speak for anyone else but 
I mean, it's a lot of business lunches, one bill. Yeah. Nice. So where are you working now? Uh, currently, I, well, up until a couple of days ago, I was quote unquote, temporarily unemployed because of COVID, but <laughs> um, I just went back to work on Monday. So I'm going three, yeah, I know, I'm going three days a week. Um, and I work at this restaurant in Gastown called uh, De Beppe Ristorante. Um, it's an Italian restaurant. It's part restaurant, part cafe, and they do pizzas and pastas, um, espresso sandwiches, desserts, and stuff like that. It's really nice. It's like a cute little, I think, 50-seater, I think it is, restaurant, so it's not huge. Um, but yeah, it's lovely. I love working there. It's super nice. Honestly, the first time I, I walked past it, um, I'm like, oh my god, like that is the quaintest little restaurant, but it's also like a cafe. It's yeah, super it's lovely. European. You it is super and it European. It looks like a little like Italian cafe the way that they have it set up. Yeah, yeah there's flowers like, the on every. To, like, yeah, yeah, the soccer yeah. posters and stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. There's fresh flowers on every table, and mm-hmm. it's so crazy because when I walked past it, you had just gotten the job. And I was like thinking, I'm like, oh my God, I have to tell Walls about this place. And then the next time I saw you, you're like, I just got a job at De Pepe. And I'm like, that place is amazing. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so nice. It was on my radar for a while as well. I used to live in Toronto. And when I moved back, I knew I wanted to work for um, a restaurant that did more food specialization, less like pub kind of stuff. And right. that was like really high up there on the list. And um, I'd actually never even been there before I applied, but I just like knew from the reputation that I really wanted to go there. And that's the kitchen table? Yeah. Kitchen table is the group that owns um, De Beppe and like a couple other Italian um, slash some non-Italian like restaurants in Vancouver. Yeah. Another one is like Ask Luigi, right? Yeah. Ask for Luigi is their, um, they're kind of like staple. It's all like handmade pastas. It's even smaller than our restaurant and it's, um, super, super cute. And like the food is incredible. Yeah. And, um, poor house is another one that's more of like a pub kind of thing, but like classier, really like nice, really good cocktails. Program. Yeah. Really cool. Super good. Yeah. I'm just getting hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, I have ordered takeout from Nebepe since being uh, temporarily laid off by them. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I can't stop. Can't stop. Watching. I'm sure. Since you're, you know, clearly in the food industry, you know, you know stuff. What's your favorite part about the community and like sort of the things that, like your coworkers in the restaurant or maybe yeah, we've already talked a little bit about some of the like, patrons you've had. Like, what do you find is the most rewarding thing, I guess, being in like the food industry community? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um there are so many things. I love it. Like, especially where I work right now, I've never worked in a neighborhood that's so um, integrated with the food community before. Working in Gastown, which is like a downtown neighborhood in yeah. Vancouver, um, everybody is so close. Like, you know everybody. You you meet everybody, especially because Debepe is like a cafe as well. Like, all the people who work evening service will come in and get their coffee before shift. So you kind of get to familiarize with people on the job. Everybody really just looks out for each other. Um you know, if we have a, a restaurant across the street that sometimes we will, like, house things for them if they need extra storage, you will, like, get a text from people if someone comes in and, like, does a dine and dash or is, you know, trying to steal shit. Like, everybody knows about it instantly because um, it, it's just, like, a big network of people, like, banding together. And it's just so friendly. I don't know. People just, like, care about each other, you know, especially since this whole COVID business has started. Like, mm-hmm. we amongst like a bunch of other restaurants have started doing staff meals so I mean for some people that means they're just doing kind of like packaged meals for sale but for our staff like kitchen table is just making meals and giving them away for free to their staff so that we just like have free meals 
like for us whenever That's we want. So um, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really generous. They really take care of their own, and they're also like they give back to the community so much. Like, um, I didn't even realize that it was really a thing until I did Aprons for Gloves, which is the charity boxing thing that I've done for the last three years. And with that, like, you're raising money for this gym and for like people like at risk youth on the downtown east side but also like because people in the restaurant industry are the ones doing it um it was the first time I actually like it's funny when I first did it, I was working for the Donnelly group and at the time I only knew people who worked for that specific kind of restaurant the group I didn't know anybody at at any other restaurants and um then I did aprons and it was like a whole new world like opened up to me and I was like oh my god there's actually other places like that exist and I think that actually like helped me get this job at kitchen table as well because one of the founding people who founded aprons is one of the owners of kitchen table so i just put that on my resume and it i think that's it kind great. of helped seal the deal Cute. as well yeah that's yeah, rad up for each other all the time it's it's amazing yeah yeah i hear like so many different things like that like restaurants that are like um even saying like how like oh you're out of toilet paper then like you know the manager of the restaurant's like we'll order some extra toilet paper in for the staff who like might need some like stuff like that like yeah. they're using like, different resources it's really interesting and like I didn't even think about stuff like that yeah for a little bit since corona happened uh my boss <laughs> I don't know if they're still doing it but he was doing this thing called toilet paper for the people where people could come in <laughs> when they're picking up their to-go order and if they bought a roll of toilet paper all the proceeds would go to supporting the staff who got laid off Oh, that's really cute. Like four bucks a roll. It was, it was really cute. Yeah, he had like a bunch of signage printed out. It was kind of, it was pretty cute. Yeah. That is so nice. Oh my God. It just seems like such a tight knit community. Yeah. Oh, that's so rad. So you were just talking a bit about COVID and with everything that's going on, a lot of businesses are struggling to stay open. So how is this affecting the restaurant industry and service industry? You were talking already a bit about it, but I can, like, it's hard to talk about because I'm not, like, a business owner, so I don't know what I don't see, but um, just in general, I know that, like, a lot of independent businesses, like restaurants, like, independent bakeries and, um, like, places that have opened within the last year or so as well, especially, can really take a hit. Like, if you're running a place that doesn't adapt quickly to, like, how a lot of other places have adapted during the crisis, you know, if they're not, like doing a takeout window or if their food doesn't really translate well into takeout like if it's more of um like a fine dining kind of restaurant you know those are the places that are struggling the most just because rent is so expensive especially in Vancouver so I mean you know paying employees who they do have to keep on which even though it's not very much that plus like rent plus just yeah it's it's really crazy I did hear some stuff at the beginning of this people being worried that you know this whole thing is going to put so many restaurants out of business because like if it goes on for I think much longer yeah it's just it's just it's not looking good so I think a way like you can like support restaurants um if you no, have like local wait, restaurants that was my question oh no <laughs> Wallace <laughs> Wallace you're doing so well at this oh, wait, segues on. naturally into everything it's great. I know well anyway go on please tell us what are some ways we can help yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, some ways that you can help, like DoorDash, you know, a a lot of restaurants are on Uber Eats, like everywhere's kind of like switched over to stuff like that. So Uber Eats or DoorDash, you can order through there. Um, You're probably tired of like cooking and making your like 18th sourdough of the week. So you can order that (laughs) else, right? Like, you know, and and treat yourself, right? Like, I always say, that's such a shitty thing. I I don't always say this. I'm saying this for the first time literally right now. (laughs) Um, But basically like, you know, when you cook for yourself, you're kind of like keeping health in mind and it never really cooks 
or it never really tastes like how it would taste if like a professional is cooking for you because they don't care about your health so they're putting like all the good shit in there so you're just eating like more butter more carbs and it's just worth it sometimes you know especially we're all like turning to comfort food um there's also like a lot of restaurants like um my restaurant that i work at included that's uh, started their own delivery service so if you really want to support don't order off uber eats unless like you want to i mean you're still helping but if you go through like direct delivery then uber eats isn't taking like a cut of the money you can order directly through the restaurant so i would say like if you have in mind yeah yeah, that you want to order from their website first to see if they have delivery set up because a lot of places just will do it themselves and then you're just like your money's going straight to the restaurant and not through like a third-party service yeah that's that right. is a good tip good to know i, I think w- someone yeah. even do a discount if you pick up too like yes like 10% yeah, off, like, yeah like you'll get a well. discount i know for certain restaurants that's definitely a thing um also just like another thing you can do just to support your community that i found like i just i don't know if a lot of people are thinking about it but if you have local markets in your neighborhood like you know your corner market or just like a street bodega and stuff like that you don't have to line up to wait to go to like a Safeway or anything like you know if you want to go get groceries you can go to a little corner market and get almost everything you need there it might be like a little bit more expensive but oh often it's cheaper too it's cheaper yeah I don't know it really depends on what neighborhood you're in like I have an amazing market like down the street Santa Barbara on commercial drive here and it's just like the people are incredible the produce is super fresh there's a huge selection and there's like a deli in the back that's got all these like incredible like Italian cured meats and cheeses and it's like super affordable I never have to line up to go in literally like closer than the Safeway and then I'm not waiting in line to get food that's like a not grown locally and mm-hmm. b you know not as fresh as what I could get at my local bodega yeah yeah so straight up oh man I love that you use the word bodega I know <laughs> I know I thought I'm like oh Wait, were you in rice were you in rice stretch back in the day I was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's why <laughs> We're both yeah. in a very gifted writer program. That's all. No biggie. We're smart. I didn't get in. <laughs> you would have if you'd applied for sure. It was not. The bar was like, can you write words? You're in. I actually, I applied to Art Stretch and I like was starting to do my portfolio for it. And then I like gave up halfway and I'm like, I'm not an artist. <laughs> um, I did Art Stretch as well and Write Stretch was way more fun. So well, fuck you, you're not. What? <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel better. No, was it actually worth it? None though? of those like, skills have been helping me during this quarantine, so don't. Did don't you guys sweat get it. to leave like elementary school early too? Like you lucky yeah, bums every every like every second Friday. Friday. Yeah, it was a lot. I got in trouble from the math teacher. He was like, "You're missing too much school. I'm not letting you skip any more school." And I was like, "I have signed permission. I'm not skipping class." Yeah. That's I'm not so some math prodigy, dude. I'm at least I'm gonna like actually go to school for writing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Allie, would you care to do the honors? Tori and I are excited to be teaming up with Skillshare. Skillshare is an online platform with classes covering nearly every topic you can imagine, from internet marketing, graphic design, or even flower arranging. You can take all of their courses from the comfort of your own home. A pretty amazing thing, especially given all the time we're spending at home right now. Sign up for your free trial at skillshare.eqcm.net slash ILYD. If you love their service, you can get a two-month subscription for free. Now, back to the show. All right. So we were talking a little bit about food already, but Mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite places to eat in Van? 
Yeah, I was thinking about this question, um, <laughs> and all I could come up with were like brunch spots. No, brunch there are so many it. other restaurants that I love. I, I'm gonna try to think of some on the fly. Like my my go tos. Um, I love Red Wagon. Yeah, for brunch especially. I, um, they're on same. like Hastings and Nanaimo ish area in Vancouver. They're incredible because they're also doing some cool stuff for COVID. They're doing like takeaway food, so takeaway chicken pot pie they're selling their breakfast sausage frozen like by the pound for takeaway they also have like the most incredible breakfast sausage on the planet they it's do. so good so um good. i already bought like two pounds of it and then i ate it in like two days so it's <laughs> <laughs> they're like switching things up a little bit as well um yeah i love that place for brunch it's just like super cool hungover like dinery style food um i love banditas it's a vegetarian mexican <gasps> restaurant oh, also amazing so good i haven't been there in so long it's it's so fun i love it there i love the decor it's so cozy they have my favorite egg (laughs) benny in the city um they serve their eggs really cornbread yes and i'm like a freaking cornbread stand so i'm like (laughs) here for that um yeah that's so good if i'm looking for like bars the diamond in gastown is amazing um everyone who works there is like a literal angel um they're part of like the gastown kind of community as well and so i know a lot of them really well and their cocktails are just like next level there's a guy who works so there named and one time I went in and he's like he'll make you a custom cocktail depending on you know the day if it's if they're not slammed like he'll make you a custom cocktail based off of questions he asks you he'll be oh, like no, yeah like where would you like to go traveling what are we doing on this vacation and then he'll like make you a cocktail based off your answers and like you can drink it and he'll explain that the stuff that so he did cool. so fun um yeah otherwise uh Oh, Peaceful Restaurant as well is actually one of my favorites. Oh, it's like my restaurant. Peaceful is There's so good. And yeah, I like never really loved Chinese food growing up because all the Chinese food that I got was like from Scottsdale Mall, which like, you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> on the one hand, it's not oh. bad. Like their pork it's, is like amazing. The sweet and sour pork. Oh, it's so good. But, like, it's like that nostalgic, <laughs> like not high quality food, but it's it's good because it's like Delta, you know, in a weird yeah. way. And it's like, like the only good thing about Delta. My pork. Yeah. <laughs> all, totally. all Chinese food is yeah, like, yeah. man, it's its own yeah. special kind of Chinese it's food. It's like another thing in its own, right? And then this place, Peaceful, is just like, every time I go there, it's it's amazing. And it's like my favorite food to get on takeout. I, noodles are my favorite food, which is kind of a cop-out because there's noodles in like every culture. But anything that has noodles, I'll just like, Love yeah, it. good. Yeah. Send me there. Yeah. Right? Send me oh there. I've never actually gone to Peaceful, but up the street there was a different one on Broadway, but it's gone now. And I was really sad because they have really good noodles mm. and they were like handmade mm. and so good, but it's closed because I tried to go there a little while ago. Um, yeah, actually speaking about Banditas briefly, I had an ex at one point who lived on Commercial Drive and we went for a date to Banditas and that's how I first found out about it because yeah. he's vegetarian. And uh, he was a hippie. He was a big old hippie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like didn't like to wear shoes. <laughs> oh did good, he like have a time good i have great taste in human beings anyways um <laughs> he like literally hated wearing shoes and i think i'm trying to remember if he had had even brought shoes with him or if he just didn't have shoes at all because he would just walk around not wearing oh, shoes it was, a way, it was a brief relationship it was like my first real boyfriend oh my god times have changed so yeah he uh we went into the restaurant but he would like went quickly in to like go to the far table to like and like hit his bag over his feet because he knew they would try and kick him out if they saw that he wasn't wearing shoes and yeah you can sneak in without shoes on i don't think that's a good thing but that's a fact that i know 
Well, there's only 50% of the rule, you know, as long as he had a shirt on, I guess it's okay. Uh, but <laughs> I've had some pretty like chill service. So it's like, it's nice. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So Wallace, uh, I mean, I've stalked you on Instagram a little bit. We're yeah. friends. We've known each other since high school. That's uh, right. And also Alex always telling me about your amazing baked deliciousness. Um, oh, tell us a bit of your face. <laughs> Tell I same actually, but yes. Tell us your favorite favorite uh, recipes and uh, who in, and also secondarily, who inspires you the most in the industry? But as for recipes, give me the scone one, please. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, well, I since COVID has started, I've like already been a huge Bon Appetit fan, as I know so many other people are. They have their YouTube videos, yeah. which are really just like a sitcom disguised as a cooking <laughs> show. Um, I just like. I'm obsessed with everyone on there. Um, I would do Alex Delaney in two seconds. He's so gorgeous. Uh, oh, my God. Either one. But, yeah, I've been watching a lot of those and trying a lot of recipes from them. So um, those biscuits that I made were Molly Baz's um, sour cream and onion biscuits. And so oh. I made those. They're very easy. I've never made biscuits before this quarantine, and they're so fun and satisfying to make um you like fold the dough in like a letter way so that it like creates the layers and then it just like puffs up in the oven and they're so good and warm and they last for a little while as well if you nuke them before you like put an egg on it or something um i've been making that i made a couple pies um i'm thinking about doing another one soon but it's a lot of work um one of my favorite like go-to recipes i actually made it for allison one time if i'm having people over is chris morocco has this spicy sambal noodle um oh dish. my god that was so good it's so <laughs> really good she didn't, <laughs> she didn't even just cook the meal for me tori i came over and she had a appetizer a cock as like a signature cocktail oh. Like ready to go. Wow! I was How do like I get invited to these parties? Dined that oh night. God. That it was right before COVID happened because I just. I know that was you were the last person I saw. Yeah, oh. Allison was yeah. going to be the first of my long list of fucking dinner party po- peeps. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. You oh, can. you can swear so much. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, we're, we're free yeah. birds here. Oh, free free as a bird. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was like gonna be the first of many, and I had tried to go all out for my first hosted dinner, but Honored. alas, I'll just have to continue to go all out once this is all over. Um, but yeah, this like great noodle recipe I'd never used. I mean, I'm white, so I'm you know <laughs> grow up with like a lot of influence in my cooking, but I'd never used sambal before in my cooking, and um, this recipe forced me to buy that, and now it's like my favorite condiment. It's just like chili garlic paste. It's so yep, freaking yep. good. Mm. I put mm-hmm. on everything. Super good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, so those are a couple. Uh yeah. Oh, and for inspiration. <laughs> yes. That was the um, other question. Yeah. So this is kind of fun. This is like something that's really sent me into this spiral of like thinking about career and culinary and what you can do differently with it. So, you know, entering that field without just having to go and be a chef. There's like other outlets. Um I used to work with this guy at the Blackbird, the bar that I used to work with, and his sister, I discovered, because I was creeping his Instagram one time, and mm-hmm. I saw her on it. She's a chef in Paris. And so basically this woman, her name is Lena Cachetto. Um, I can, like, give you guys her Instagram later if anybody else wants Yeah, to. no, please. But she is a chef from Vancouver, and she, I think she used to work for Lululemon, and then she went to this school called Northwest Culinary Academy on Main Street and did her program there, and then she moved to 
I don't know her whole story, but from, you know, what it looks like, she moved to Paris, and now she's a chef over there. She does, like, a bunch of pop-ups. And it's actually so cool, because there's a bunch of Vancouver-based female chefs who are, I think, in their, like, late 30s, early 40s-ish, um, who all live in Paris. And they're all, like, expats in Paris, and they just cook and live there and either, like, do food tours. There's this one woman named um, Jackie Kyellis, who's also from Vancouver, and she lives in Paris and Vancouver, like she splits the time between the two places. And she wrote this incredible book called The Measure of My Powers. And it's just like a memoir about her life living in Paris and how she came to be there and this horrible relationship that she got out of. And like just about how she found food and found like her passion and moved over there. Um, and it takes a lot of pressure off as like a person in their 20s because you're always comparing yourself to where everyone else is career wise. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing these women who are in like, they're late 30s early 40s so like 10 years away ish from me 10 plus years away and I'm just mm-hmm. like oh great I don't have to be there now I can like absolutely and there's like yeah I'm in like success is not measured by like age um yeah I don't know so those women especially um and if you like dive into that whole deep pit of like Instagram female expat Paris chefs <laughs> a lot of people who are over there and they all kind of like every now and then they write for the Globe and Mail and like the New York Times and they'll do like guest that pieces is here and there. So cool. Yeah. Oh my God. Really, those women I find like incredibly inspiring for sure. Oh, I love it. I just have one more question for you. This has been an amazing interview. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't know why, but with like the people who we, who come onto the show and I, I like, I'm super close with them. I get so nervous. Like I'm oh, so really? nervous. Right yeah. But you're doing amazing. Oh my God. Thanks. I literally only ever think about these things ever. (laughs) No, it's, you know what though? Like you, you're so well-rounded, you know yourself to the core and that's what like makes it so easy on our end because you're just like, give, you're giving it all. Like this is super helpful. Um, so you have a blog, Wallace, um, where can people can connect Uh... and find you? It's, but listen, like you're going to get, you're going to get modest, but I have read it and you have such a skill about like talking about food and just talking about your personal experiences. And I think people ought to know where they can find you because this is a really good blog. Well, I I do have a blog. I haven't updated it since um, (laughs) I think like July, but I will. It's just just my full name.com. It's wallacemcmillan.com. Wallace spelled like Wallace Simpson. McMillan spelled double M, double I, double L. Um, I'll, so I'll put the no link A-N. in there. I don't know. That probably doesn't help at all. Sound it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my blog. My Instagram, which I use way more, is um, yeah. Wallace Bomb. W A L L I S B O M B. Um, that's what I made it when I was fifteen, and I haven't changed it. And now it's a part of me. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's where I will post like more food content and stuff like that for sure. Perfect. Awesome. We'll link those in the blog. And yeah, if you guys want to find ways to support your favorite restaurants, check their website first. They might offer a delivery service. And if not, do DoorDash and just find ways. I know that sometimes they have a option to uh, support servers as well. There's like a tipping. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I actually want to say, which is I never thought about this before, even when I was working in the service industry. And I mean, it applies now, but it also applies once this whole thing is over. If you're ever making an order for pickup at a place and you don't feel like you should tip because the server didn't do anything for you, 
I always recommend tipping 10% because usually the person who's taking care of you at the counter, they'll probably tip out at the end of the night to the house. So if you're not tipping them, they're actually losing money by not getting anything and still having to tip out on your purchase because your purchase goes towards their sales. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you just want to like help out, I mean, obviously, you know, support local restaurants, please like tip if you can afford to eat out, you know, it's kind of like a common courtesy in Canada um, and the U S but at least 10%, even if it's pickup, you know, it really like helps them kind of make money. Also the kitchen gets tipped out as well. You just want to kind of make sure that money's like seeing everyone across the board. Totally. Oh my gosh. That is actually super helpful. Thank you so much for that. I, Cause I, I really do. Sometimes I struggle with people who like, they say, Oh, the service was so terrible. Like I don't want to tip. And I'm like, you got to tip though, because it's not just going to that person. It's the whole house, you know? So yeah, that is unless my super server like, directly berates me, I'm like probably still going to leave 10% at least, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah or if they like, <laughs> just don't ever bring you anything. <laughs> yeah. I've had some pretty bad service where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's I've been a... here for two hours. <laughs> and I still, I'm hungry. Oh, oh man. God. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Guys, I think that's a wrap. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This has been, this was a solid interview, Wallace. This was nice. so good. Thank you so much, Wallace, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. That's Mwah. A Mwah. Mwah. See you guys in two weeks. We would like to end this podcast by acknowledging and thanking the land that we are on that is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people. This podcast produced by Cameron Napier, Allison Shields, and Victoria Fraser. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.